guys welcome back to the one tech podcast i am your host dylan digby and uh yeah we're gonna get into a little bit of news actually some kind of camera focused news um and a little bit from adobe um before though just to get into because that'll, that'll be kind of the meat of everything um just kind of an opening story the uh rumored apple ar headset that's supposed to come out next year um, it looks like it's been leaked, at least from uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, who is pretty um, pretty reliable, pretty on point. He's always in the news. Um, so they're actually going to partner with Valve as far as uh, partnering on the hardware to make that. Um, that, I mean, it's it, it seems kind of odd to me because Apple tends to just do all their, all their big products first party. Um, it almost makes me feel like it's not not like ready to be that much of a priority yet. Um, but it also might be something that they just partner with them or they kind of work behind the scenes and then they market it as just strictly an Apple product. Because um, Valve hasn't really, they don't have anything in the AR space. They have VR stuff currently, um, which is always more gaming centric. Um, Apple is obviously getting more gaming centric with arcade and that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, Apple seems to be focused on AR. They're not really focused on VR. So an AR tends to have a lot of, uh, kind of more practical or, um, creative, like productivity focused, uh, use cases rather than just gaming. Whereas, uh, VR as has pretty much mainly been gaming with like a little bit of, uh, creative applications as far as that goes. Um, so definitely interesting to see uh, some of the HoloLens stuff going on right now too. Uh, HoloLens 2 just came out. Uh, kind of gives a bit of a preview of what it could be like. Um, I think the Apple hardware, the Apple Valve hardware um, will be will be a lot more focused on normal consumers and uh, you know the practical applications that they're going to use it for kind of what they've already built into ios and just what they've pushed with the iphone so far um but yeah it'll be interesting to see that that could be launched along the next iphone um possibly produced like over summer as well from what the reports are saying so yeah moving along with valve um another thing that came up with them in the news recently um something i found interesting anyways was um them possibly launching a cloud gaming service um, so there was, there was basically code found that, that said exactly that. Um, the reason I think it's interesting or, or to even mention it on the show, um, you know, there's Stadia is actually coming out this month, so that's going to be a big deal. There's already a lot of like, um, local to your own device kind of streaming that can happen. Uh, Valve already offers that as so does Sony and, um, there's some other cloud gaming like with, uh, with NVIDIA GeForce Now and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's, to me, it's, it's already becoming a crowded space and everyone's kind of going for, you know, who's, who's going to win that race first. Um, kind of like the whole Netflix Hulu kind of stuff, uh, which I think the, the first one to see, like kind of how it turns out is actually is Stadia in my opinion. Um, just seeing, you know, where that goes, how much it takes off. It's already kind of a weird model because it's, it's not exactly like Netflix. You're still buying the games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if there's any, any difference with the valve service or if it's just based on your library, um, that you have with them. 
if that is the case, I mean, that would, that would be awesome. That's what I personally game through. So, uh, would probably prefer that route, honestly. Uh, and not, unless Stadia is just massively better. But, uh, yeah, we shall see. There's no official date or anything like that on that yet. I don't think there's even a rumored launch date for the, the Steam based one. Um, but yeah, moving on to kind of the, the main thing I wanted to talk about, or at least the, uh, you know, the meat and potatoes of what we're, we're talking about today. Um, so Canon released the, uh, Canon EOS RA. Um, so that's part of their, their full frame mirrorless lineup. Um, right now they just have the R and the RP. So the reason it's, it's interesting, um, if you're in the photography space at all, or if you're, you know, somewhat interested in photography, um, you know, Canon's one of the big, one of the big three. Um, and they've kind of been behind in mirrorless, um, Sony probably kind of leading the crowd with, uh, I mean, personal bias. I, I do enjoy Fujifilm as well. And then at Nikon is, is pretty solid. Um, so the only, the only thing that's weird about this camera, um, it's like a very specific use case and everyone is already asking for um, a way more useful or more professional version of the R. This is, is not that at all. It's, is like squarely aimed at people that do astrophotography and that is essentially it. Um, so what happens, it uses a, it's a modified, um, IR cutting filter inside of the camera, uh, which allows for four times the transmission of hydrogen alpha rays. So, um, Basically, like I said, all that all that really means or all that you need to know is that it's it's focused on astrophotography and with that too, I, I've seen from other like message boards and other stuff talking on Reddit that because it because that's modified, it won't work as well for normal pictures. So like skin tones and that kind of stuff. Um, whether or not that's true or how, you know, uh, if I fact check that or not, I'm not sure if there is a way to, but um, that's something worth looking into as well. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads, kind of laughed about it. I know Jared Poland, uh, Ferno's photo, like kind of went off about it as he often does. Um, but yeah, I actually, I mean, I agree with him. It's kind of a, a weird choice. Um, you know, it's people like Sony granted, you know, turns out way too many cameras and they do have a lot of pro offerings already. Um, but Canon only having the EOS R is kind of a, kind of a head scratcher. Um, they're also currently working on the one DX Mark three, which, um, that's still going to be a DSLR essentially. So even though it has a live view and all that kind of stuff, um, it's not a mirrorless, um, it's going to be like their ultimate flagship kind of camera currently, but, um, again, not full frame mirrorless. So kind of a weird, weird decision, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, as far as, you know, as far as Canon, Sony, all that, Nikon, um, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be like a, an Android iOS kind of battle, like brand loyalty kind of stuff. They're all very capable. They're all good. Um, it's just, like I said, kind of odd that Canon wouldn't, uh, you know, want to compete on like an A7R4 level or the Z7 or anything like that. They have um, decided to make an astrophotography camera. So uh, Twitter also kind of destroyed them for that, is from what I saw in the tweet. Um, 
yeah, uh, something else to go along with uh, photo editing and cameras in general, I guess. Um, there was an Adobe event as well, um, which they released uh, Photoshop for iPad and kind of some updates to their other products to, you know, just normal Photoshop and, and capabilities and that kind of stuff. So um, they also talked about um, they have a, basically a software program to detect if any video or photo has been edited and they're going to, they want to use it to combat any deep fakes, which uh, definitely seems like a good move. Um, it could also backfire and make deep fakes even better. Um, but that, you know, it's not something that's going away. It's something that we, you know, we have to have some kind of uh, defense or some way to deal with it. Um, but sticking to, uh, I mean, the bread and butter of Adobe uh, is is Photoshop, I would say, and then probably you know Lightroom or Premiere. But uh, Photoshop for iPad, I was I was really excited actually to download it. Um, downloaded it right away. Uh, didn't mess with it too extensively, to be honest. Like to give to give him a fair shake here, um, but it just. I mean, it's not uh, it's not a one to one of the desktop Photoshop, and I think that's what everyone wants. I know it's what I want because uh, personally, I, I would love to just have like an iPad only workflow with photos. Uh, that's I mean, that's the goal essentially is to have it be a, a complete replacement, and it can't do that until it's you know full on Photoshop with all of the features. Um, but even with that, I, same thing on Reddit. Uh, a lot of people are unhappy and a lot of the features uh, seem to be missing um, even though they claim it's in the code uh, people were you know expecting normal photoshop like they advertised uh, i think over a year ago now or at least a year ago at the uh the last ipad pro event and i would say right now um affinity and procreate are still way ahead of the Photoshop version that they gave us. Um, and it just, I mean, a lot of people I think have switched to affinity. Um, that's a jump I haven't made yet. I would like to honestly. Um, but Adobe is, you know, has become the industry standard and that's what everyone uses. I am far more comfortable with Photoshop and Lightroom. So it's, it's hard to get away from, um, you know, the, the subscription model, also, you know, people are not a fan of, I'm not a fan of myself. I get it to a point, but, um, yeah, people are looking for alternatives and they are not putting their best foot forward or they're not being, you know, they're not releasing a compelling product as far as I'm concerned with Photoshop on iPad. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the main thing I want to talk about as far as Adobe and Canon go or, you know, photography stuff in general, um, uh, always something I'm looking out for. Um, have been kind of fanboying on Fuji film stuff lately, but, um, I shoot Sony myself. Um, last couple things, um, just to kind of break it up a little bit, uh, there it's happened a little bit earlier in the week now, but, uh, the Facebook rebranding has been, uh, has been memed pretty hard. Uh, they essentially, they just changed the font, put it in all caps, um, and tried, you know, they're trying to be like a young, cool brand again even though everyone says Facebook is for boomers. Uh, people are not, they're not fans of Facebook. They, you know, everyone still loves Instagram, unfortunately. And uh, there's a lot of users of WhatsApp, uh, whether it's in, in the U.S. or not. But 
yeah, the rebranding did not go over well. Uh, most people have, have made fun of it and are still not fans of Facebook. Don't really think it's going to work, Zuck. Um, but yeah, uh, they they just, like I said, I, I I'm sure people have seen it already. Um, just all caps, trying to be minimal and, you know, look clean and modern. Which I don't think that's kind of, that's not really enough of a change. Uh, it looks like a pretty standard font as well. Um, another interesting thing with Facebook, um, kind of have to give them a little segment here on the show anyways. There was a, there was a review on CNET or that CNET posted. I don't have the name of the reviewer, unfortunately handy. Uh, but they did a review of the Portal TV. So Facebook has, has put out hardware before, um, obviously with owning Oculus as well, and then just the Portal in general, which is their their smart display, smart speaker um, that they offer. Um, but yeah, essentially the the review said that, you know, hey, this thing works great. Everything as advertised works well, not a bad interface or anything like that. Um, but ultimately they said, we can't recommend this because it comes from Facebook, which they said that was the first time that they had done You know, Hey, it's a good product, but also it's a camera and microphone from Facebook in your living room looking at you all the time. Um, which with most companies, I mean, I, I don't have that many privacy issues with, I, you know, and no one wants to be exploited for their info, but, uh, Facebook is, is especially egregious with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I definitely would never recommend a portal to anyone. Uh, so I'm on the same on the same boat. Uh, even when I was in retail, it was never something I recommended. It was usually, you know, grandma and grandpa wanted to to talk to their their grandkid from across the you know across the country across state lines that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, not a not the greatest thing. Um, to go along with that as well, um, another you know related to smart speakers, anyways. Uh, it turns out they were able to hack um, all of the major smart speakers with laser pointers. So this includes Google Home stuff, um, Amazon Echo, and even Siri with the HomePod. Um, and they actually are there. People are not even sure how it was possible, uh, but they managed to uh, hack the speaker and then give it a command just from the light or sending it like even... I think it was inaudibly, um, but regardless, they're, they're able to be hacked with laser pointers. So very interesting. Um, still not safe. Uh, not even Apple, you know, managed to do it on that one apparently. Uh, but just, just a crazy story. Um, I actually got rid of my smart speakers a while ago. Um, but they can be useful. You know, they're, they are nice. It's nice to have them around the house and just be able to talk to them. I will probably get into home pod stuff if I ever get back into it. But currently, I just, you know, I don't, I didn't use them for much outside of turning lights on and off. So it just doesn't seem worth it to me when I have a phone and a watch on me at all times. I um, would much rather be more minimal and more intentional with, with what I'm doing and just have like one system to be in and stop having a million different operating systems going all the time. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, there was one last thing uh, kind of related to tech. Um, at least just in the news in general that I wanted to talk about just a, just a massively, uh, dishonest and like shitty study essentially, um, that is 
trying to blame or place some of the blame of uh, greenhouse gases and their effect and that kind of stuff on people that use inhalers and that a particular kind of inhaler is especially bad for the environment. Uh, which is, like I said, is just incredibly like just bad faith acting as a study essentially by like even, you know, even putting that out there that uh, this minority of people that needs this to live, um, putting any of that blame on them or shaming them for that while, you know, uh, massive corporations and you know especially the agricultural industry like aren't even talked about is is just incredibly disingenuous and uh, like i said acting in bad faith so if you've seen that article um or if you see anyone talking about it and you know like i said trying to shame those people or, or point the finger and laugh and that kind of stuff um yeah definitely shut them down like i said let them know like there's way more important things going on that are just being skipped over um, well, that's made to, made to seem like some kind of boogeyman. Uh, but yeah, just incredibly shitty. Uh, I thought I would bring that up. Uh, probably end on that note as well. Um, but just wanted to put that out there. Um, outside of that, um, I think that's going to be it for today. Um, again, get at me on Twitter. It is at Ocean Drinker. And let me know how you're liking the show. Um, leave a review on whatever podcast app you're using. Um, it should be on every platform, I think, except Apple podcasts at this point. But yeah. Uh, thanks again. And I will see you guys in the next one later.